welcome to Over in Smith, a HP Lovecraft podcast where uh, I and my friend read an HP Lovecraft book and release an audiobook if it isn't too boring or racist. Um, my name is Art, and with me today is someone who uh, really loves to have pen pals, uh, Faith. It's me! I... I have a pen pal who keeps sending me horrific pictures of otherworldly beings that may or may not be living in Vermont. They're vaguely shaped like crabs, but also, like, uh, I got a picture of him in front of his house with his dogs. That's nice. Yeah, also, um, I just I just realized that uh, you could be temporary pen pals with so many people who would send horrific things with to you. Just for existing <laughs> on the internet. As a fem person. I, I do follow... I follow somebody on uh, Tumblr who was a, she's a criminologist, and she was pen pals with uh, uh, Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and (laughs) some of the shit he wrote her in his letters was wild. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, we're we're at, uh, we're going at a pretty good clip. Uh, How many parts do we have left? Don't have too many parts left. And there's 13 parts altogether, so yes, there are eight parts left. Yeah, so, you know, we still have a little bit to go, but we've been having a lot of fun along the way. Also, Dexter is in the most inconvenient spot for me to hold this big book, so. Oh, the last part, um, there's some... Do a recap real quick. You know, we just... There's a lot of letter writing. And while I yeah. found it enjoyable, we're, we're gonna have another episode of <laughs> another... We're gonna have an, uh, there's a real long letter this time, guys. The we're gonna crank this pen pal friendship up to eleven. Yeah. Although I will say I do like I do like how stuff is going. Don't get me wrong. There's just not a lot to explain yeah. except for there's some crap people and this dude's writing about in them. Vermont. <laughs> Uh, I told Art earlier, I tried to explain the plot of this to my mother, and I told her it was about crab people in Vermont, and that, yep, that's actually it. Actually, that's <laughs> the entirety of the story. Um, it's, it's, it's about crab people yeah, in no, Vermont. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's my, still my favorite one, but like, it's, you know, it's like whatever you just, de- it's really it's like good. when you describe, like, <laughs> your favorite thing as poorly as possible, because like, uh, someone yeah. pointed this out, there's only like, maybe like, 26 stories out there, really? Oh like, yeah, they like yeah. When you boil a story down to its like, most the, basic plot the, elements, there's not there's that like many 30, stories. There's that like maybe exist. thirty-six or so. Um, yeah, and especially with how the Western narrative works, there's only so many stories. Well, like, well, but the thing is, you could also kind of boil boil it down with Eastern stuff. It's just the way you tell the story is different. But like, there's only. Yeah, like, there's only so many. Also, also, uh, the the face of um, the mask of a thousand faces thing. You know the Joseph Gamble thing. It's actually like very Western centric oh, yes. and like completely ignores the idea of like any other non conventional yeah. storytelling. Um, I do like that he was like, "Hey, Hollywood, can we stop doing a hero st- story like every film? What if we didn't today?" Yeah. Also, sometimes stories can just end and nothing happens at the end, which is why I like A24 movies. Uh, but I was just joking yesterday because my mom watched The um, the Lost City of Z uh, and Tom Holland's in it. And I was like, how many goddamn movies is Tom Holland in about a failed expedition? Because at this point, it's three. <laughs> I'm starting to think it's a thing. To be fair, like that's a lot of that's a lot of movies that like white people are just born to be in. Like, yeah. like the history, like the history of white people is just like failed, ex- uh, failed, uh, failed adventures until one of them happens to like you know get a good route, and then and then it's over for all the brown people there. Yeah, like. Well, at least one of them is uh, the pilgrimage, which uh, takes place with a bunch of other white people. Yeah. So, <laughs> really, I think what we need but, is we need yeah. more um, movies about the first uh, "quote unquote" explorers of Australia. Did you know oh, one of yes, them ro- wiped their up. ass with a gummy uh, uh, with, with a gummy uh, f- uh, bush leaf, which is supposed oh to be God. so hard, multiple people kill themselves when they oh fall my into God. it. Yeah, oh he wiped God. his ass with that. Buddy. 
<laughs> friend pal i know you're already dead but yeah no it's just like uh yeah th- if oh. you want to just listen to a bunch of white people like just not listening to the natives and dying like horribly listen to the australian just episodes of getting Dollar. real fucked up just getting real fucked up that's like i love the uh the Egyptian tomb curse is actually just breathing in a lot of nor- uh, necrotic air and mold. Yeah, they just have they just have like <laughs> and also like lung. Carter Carter the main uh, the person that like his death kicked off everything had severe tuberculosis. No, it was a, it was a curse, and sh- yeah. it was a curse. It was definitely a curse. It wasn't the fact that he went somewhere dry, did really well for a while, and then went back to England, which is wet as fuck. <laughs> After breathing in all that shit from the tomb and then died. I heard that I heard that just he also stuff. did a rail of just mummy dust, like straight off the mummy. Like just, straight from the source. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing nothing like doing nose cannibalism, like right on the source from the area it's made from. Ooh. Oh I my will, god. Like, if I do one thing. <laughs> Victorians were fucking If I do wild. one thing in my life, I will make it. I want to make just old, or like, you know, 1800s white people be known as cannibals because they were. All of them were. Not all of them were, were. but a lot of them were. Like, Vic- Victorians were fucking th- wild. Like, in addition to eating mummies. Like, they. <laughs> They also drank radioactive water and ate cyanide. They would drink <laughs> the blood of other people. Oh, of yeah, hanged recently. They hanged would criminals. drink their blood. There is a really famous uh, photograph uh, that is always attributed to either like Civil War veterans or World War One veterans. It's of this guy and his his. It's very gruesome, so trigger warning for that. His lower jaw is completely gone. Except here's the thing. He is not a war veteran. He was a golfer in the Victorian era who drank radioactive water until his jaw fell off. The description of him at his death was that there were holes forming in his skull because it had become so soft. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, white folk... Victorians were fucking yeah, all, wild. They also, were insane. White, white folks were cannibal. They're still kind of cannibal. Do you know, like, pl- eating placenta is still cannibalism. Oh, yeah. No, uh, uh, Catholicism is completely bi- yeah. built around Symbolic cannibalism. cannibalism. That's all it is. Okay. I just, like, this is why, <laughs> this is why I think we should eat our spell spare babies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, if we can't abort them, just let us nom on their little soft skulls. Oh, God. Oh, God. Art. <laughs> Please. Uh, Please, Art. I, I do, I, like, I do really hope that this isn't, like, a, you know, thou, thou protest too much thing. I'm not even slightly interested in the act of cannibal. Well, sorry, wait. I'm interested in the act of cannibalism, never acting it out. But, like, I did a lot of conversations that I have lead to cannibalism somehow cannibalism in some way we were we were talking about mummies well, and that to be fair no, that, that was is a an important one. detail but like but like yeah. it happens a lot when i talk that about is animals an important detail oh yeah because cannibal cannibalism isn't that even rare thing it's not even that taboo really i don't think so anyway like hamsters like, come on Hamsters will chow down on their babies. Oh, with an animals, yeah. absolutely not. Animals eat each other all the yeah. fucking time. Their own species all the fucking time. Uh, but but yeah, whatever. We're not talking. Weirdly enough, there's no cannibalism in this. Sorry, one. there's a lot of cannibalism no. in uh, HP stories. Yeah, no I know, right? In this one. But not not this time. They're not even eating the crap. Do you people. think they would taste good? Not that I would hmm. eat it. Uh, like, first off, I barely eat meat. Okay, let me. Okay, I will say, I like, I'm like 95% vegetarian now. I will buy mm-hmm. myself a burger if I need quick, you know, quick happy times. But I'm 95%. I, f- I feel like if they are, their meat is similar to crab. Yes. But they're described as being like very fleshy. Well, I mean, they'd probably be really stringy. Well, but, uh, Maybe. I don't know. You'd probably, you, you know, have to soften them up first. Well, I mean, what about then, soft shell crabs? And then they might taste no, you fine. you eat them. eat them. Oh, yeah. Just, just 
deep fry the whole crackers. Yeah. <laughs> I have had soft, like whole soft shell crabs that were deep fried when we were in Korea. Uh, <laughs> my mom accidentally ordered them, <laughs> and they were delicious. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into this. Uh, this no non cannibalistic story. This. Ah, such a bummer. I think there's just about crab yeah, just people. about crab people who are awesome. Oh, yeah, quick recap of last time. Akeley uh, wrote a bunch of letters about how his night, his house is being besieged, like, every night where there is not a moon out. Um, in fact, there is even a point where a telegram is sent back to the narrator, Woolmarth, that Akeley did not write. So his letter was intercepted, and somebody else responded, pretending to be Akeley. Yeah. So that's happening. So a things are ramping up. Akeley's like, uh, Akeley even has said in his letters, like, uh, I'm pretty fucked. Yeah. <laughs> things aren't going well, buddy. Yeah. I wish Wilmarth would just fucking go. I mean, he will. Just go get your pen pal, he buddy. Well, and I'll have a nice chat I as well. Oh, but like, what if he just went now? He lives like a couple states over. <sighs> Does he? Do I know uh my. They yeah, they do. Uh, I think I'm gonna be real. No, Wilmarth is on the gonna, East Coast. I thought he was in California to be, for to a be second. like real fair. Like I, I'm fairly okay with the most of you know geography in the U.S. Uh -huh. But like once you get to like that like northeast, like the northeast, northeast, I'm just like I don't know. It's it's somewhere here. Oh, the entirety of New England is so confusing, because everything is small and close together. Yeah, like, I know Maine's the top one, and I know Pennsylvania's yeah. next to New Jersey, lives, but that's... As somebody who lives in a state where it can take up to 14 hours to go across the state, um, being able to drive, like, a half an hour and be in another state is very strange Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I'm in a similar <laughs> situation. Like, Kentucky's kind of, it's big. Like, it's... Kentucky, yeah, is decently yeah. big. Uh, bigger than any of the East Coast states, yeah, that's for so sure. Like, we were, we were driving, I went to the East Coast for a trip, and we drove somewhere, and we were like, oh yeah, we just passed through Connecticut. And I was like, when? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, let's, let's get into this, so. <clears throat> let's do this. Chapter 5. Then, apparently crossing my incoherent notes, and reaching me Sunday afternoon, September Eighth, came the curiously different and calming letter, neatly typed, on a new machine. That strange letter of reassurance and invitation, which must have marked so prodigiously a transition in the whole nightmare drama of the Lonely Hills. Again, I will quote from memory, seeking for special reasons to preserve as much of the flavor of the style as I can. It was postmarked, Bellow Falls, and the signature as well. The body of the letter was typed, as frequent with beginners in typing. The text, though, was marvelously accurate for the Tyro's work, and I concluded that Akeley must have used a machine at some previous period, perhaps in college. To say that the letter relieved me would be only fair, yet beneath my relief laid a stratum of uneasiness. If Akeley had been sane in his terror... He was now sane in his deliverance, and it was a sort of improved rapport mentioned. What was it? And the entire t thing implied such a diametrical reversal of Akeley's previous attitude. But here was the substance of the text, carefully transcribed from a memory in which I take some pride. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention in our recap that uh, one of the crab people also spoke to oh, yeah. Akeley to try and make a deal. And Akeley was like, no. no. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, bye. Yeah. He also found a chunk of one of them on his roof that disappeared the next day, and he couldn't take a picture of it. It was, like, invisible on the film. Spooky. <laughs> this is a long-ass letter. Damn, Akeley. Slow down. Townsend, Vermont. Thursday, September 6th, 1928. Okay, just stop real quick. Okay. Okay, sorry. Gay. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> my dear Wilmarth, my beloved. <laughs> I know we've only, I know we only wrote to each other. 
And I did send you that one picture, which, by the way, why didn't you send any pictures back? Uh, damn yeah henry i'm just saying like it's like a pick for pick thing you know <laughs> otherwise i would have never joined that call <laughs> <laughs> the personal <laughs> the newspaper <laughs> uh, but okay sorry uh i just i just thought that was just like you know that's 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 some gay shit mm. <laughs> Some turn of the century gay shit right there. I'm into that. Well, to be fair, turn of the century gay shit is like I don't know if it's turn of the century. What was that one? It was this guy who wrote Ulysses, right? Uh, why there's that guy who was like really into like like shit stuff, and he wrote like some horrific letters to his wife, and his wife was super into it as well. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, jeez, I can't remember who that is, but yes, but yeah. I mean, good for them. I mean, good for them. <laughs> he good found for each them, other. But never, never. Like, those, okay, like, those letters. Should have just burned those letters after Those letters <laughs> are worse than, like, the very few, like, explicit, like, horrible fanfic I read. Oh, God. I mean, jeez. Oh, God. Yeah, I can't remember which writer that was, but I know who you're talking about. Jesus. All right, let's get into this. My dear Wilmerth, it gives me great pleasure to be able to set you at rest regarding all the silly things I've been writing to you. I say silly, although by that I mean my frightened attitude rather than my descriptions of certain phenomena. Those phenomena are real and important enough. My mistake had been in establishing an anomalous attitude toward them. You gotta think weird when you're presented with weird the secret it's like when somebody tells you conspiracy theory you gotta out conspiracy yeah that's why that's why the moon is fake and the reason why uh and the (laughs) reason why they fake the moon in in general is to keep the is to keep the reptoids happy (laughs) yeah so if somebody tells you that the moon landing's fake tell them that no no you scoff and say you think the moon is real and then you know yeah (laughs) yeah you think the earth is flat? Dude, it's clearly a donut. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> it's a hollow donut. I was gonna say a tri- I was gonna say a trap. Which by the way, that, the word for the word better. for that is Taurus, but ho- hollow donut sounds better. Hollow yeah. donut. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just you like think- like the, the the best way to like make conspiracy theorists and stop talking to you is make them think you're crazy. Do you think that the Earth is hollow? I think it's filled with the same stuff that Cadbury cream eggs are filled with. And we have to break through the chocolatey exterior to get to it. It's the only way. (laughs) Whatever is in Cadbury, I guess cream, technically, is what is in Cadbury cream eggs. Yeah. That's what the Earth is filled with. It's, uh, isn't the mantle supposed to be, like, semi-liquid? Just saying. It's just Cadbury cream. That's where the they reason get. why the government doesn't want you going, and then they put it in the, the reason eggs. why the government doesn't want you going to volcanoes is that's uh, that's not hot at all. It's actually really cold. That's it's why so it freezes cold. so quickly. It's, that's where Dairy Queen gets their soft serve. That's why it's different from all other soft yeah. serve. <laughs> they take it from volcanoes. Love it. All right. I think I mentioned that my strange visitors were beginning to communicate with me and to attempt such communication. Last night, this exchange of speech became actual. In response to certain signals, I admitted to the house, a messenger from those outside, a fellow human, let me hasten to say. He told me much that neither you nor I had begun to guess, and shewed clearly how totally we had misjudged and misinterpreted the purpose of the Outer Ones in maintaining their secret colony on this planet. It seems that the evil legends about what they have offered to men and what they wish in connection with the Earth are wholly the result of an ignorant misconception of allegorical speech. Speech, of course, molded by cultural backgrounds and thought habits vastly different from anything we dream of. My own conjectures, I freely own, shot as widely past the mark as any of the guesses of illiterate farmers and savage... Oh, God. (laughs) of illiterate farmers and natives. What I had thought morbid and shameful 
and ignominious was in reality awesome and mind-expanding and even glorious, my previous estimate being merely the phase of man's eternal tendency to hate and fear and shrink from the utterly different. I'm starting to get uh, Mystery Flesh Pit vibes from this. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go into the Flesh Pit. It's okay. It's not that everybody else who's been around it is... Something bad. Mystery flesh pit is what virgins, not virgins, sorry, incels think women are. <laughs> I did every time <laughs> I get a notification from the Patreon for Mystery Flesh Pit, and all I could think is your mom's a Mystery <laughs> Flesh Pit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I regret the harm I have inflicted upon these alien and incredible beings in the course of our nightly skirmishes. If only I had consented to talk peacefully and reasonably with them in the first place. But they bear me no grudge, their emotions being organized very differently from ours. It is their misfortune to have had their human agents in Vermont some very inferior specimens. The late Walter Brown, for example. He prejudiced me vastly against them. Actually, they have never knowingly harmed men, but have often cr been cruelly wronged and spied upon by our species. There is a whole secret cult of evil men, a man of your mystical erudition, will understand me when I link them with Hastur and the Yellow Sign, devoted to the purpose of tracking them down and injuring them on behalf of monstrous powers from other dimensions. It is against these aggressors not only... It is against these aggressors, not against normal humanity, that the drastic precautions of the Outer Ones are directed. Incidentally, I learned that many of our lost letters were stolen, not by the Outer Ones, but by the emissaries of this malign cult. All the Outer Ones' wish of man is peace and non-molestation, and an increasing intellectual rapport. This latter is absolutely necessary now that our inventions and devices are expanding our knowledge and motions, and making it more and more impossible for the Outer Ones is necessary outposts to exist secretly on this planet. The alien beings desire to know mankind more fully, and to have a few of mankind's philosophic and scientific leaders know more about them. With such an exchange of knowledge, all perils will pass, and a satisfactory modus vivendi be established. The very idea of any attempt to enslave or degrade mankind is ridiculous. Okay, I'm just gonna say, that sounds a lot like, well, yeah, but we're a family, so you shouldn't want to do this for the paycheck. <laughs> oh god, you're right. <sighs> like your boss who's making like the CEO who's making three like, you know, three hundred fifty times your salary, he's working just as hard as you. They don't want anything. Oh different. They're yeah. they're totally okay with you. They're perfectly fine. Sorry, I'm just imagining, like, what the crowd people could want from us in exchange for, like, uh, like, scientific advancements and stuff, and I'm just, like, hot dogs. No, no, they want, they want, uh, they want pre-cracked open sea urchins, you know, so it's nice and easy. <gasps> oh my gosh, it all makes sense yeah. now! Like, you have, you can crack them open so much easier! You have thumbs! They want us to open the doors for them. <laughs> Like, they can open that up, yeah, but it takes them a while, you know? Sometimes the doorknob gets all scratched up, and, like, sometimes they break, and they can't do jack shit after that. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. They just need us for our opposable thumbs. They're like, you're so dexterous. We have these big, meaty claws. We just need you to open a door every now and then, and, like, nothing else. And then leave quickly, because we're very embarrassed that we can't open doors. As a beginning of this improved rapport, the Outer Ones have naturally chosen me, whose knowledge of them is already so considerable, as their primary interpreter on Earth. Much has told me last night, facts, facts of the most stupendous and vista-opening nature, and more will be subsequently communicated to me both orally and in writing. I shall not be called upon to make any trip outside just yet, though I shall probably wish to do that later on. 
employing special means and transcending everything which we have hitherto been accustomed to regard as human experience. My house will be besieged no longer. Everything has reverted to normal, and the dogs will have no further occupation. In place of terror, I have given a rich boon of knowledge and intellectual adventure which few other mortals have ever shared. The outer beings are perhaps the most marvelous organic things in or beyond all space and time. Members of a cosmos-wide space with all other life forms are merely degenerate variants. They are more vegetable than human. A somewhat fungoid structure, though the presence of a chlorophyll-like substance and a very singular nutritive system, all together from true chromophytic, corm yeah, differentiate them altogether from true chromophytic fungi. Indeed, the type is composed of a form of matter totally alien to our part of space, with electrons having wholly different vibration rate. This is why the beings cannot be photographed on ordinary camera films in plates of our known universe, even though our eyes can see them. With proper knowledge, however, any good chemist can make a photographic emulsion which could record their images. Oh, that's spooky. Ooh. So they're, okay, so you know how we were talking about how they taste earlier? Well, now Ooh. we know that they're like a vegetable or a fungus, something in between there. Do you think they're like potatoes? <laughs> like a tuber. <laughs> okay. I mean, I know this is the only th this is the only thing I uh -huh. like about Warcraft uh sorry, Warhammer forty oh, K. Uh, like they're like the orcs. Oh, they're they're made right. of spores. I forgot I, the orcs are the best thing mm. about forty K, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is just like someone didn't have an editor and I, they just let it I love like, the orcs. Like, it's the orcs but, are you so know, it's funny. orcs are fine. <laughs> Every your all your weapons and vehicles are little are literally popsicle sticks held together with rubber bands, but they work because you believe. The reason why oh, a lot of space ultra space uh, ultra marines wear blue is because orcs because the orcs believe that blue is a lucky color so hard that they willed it into existence. Yeah, uh, one of the current theories about how they're going to save the God Emperor, which you should not save the God Emperor. No, but, he sucks. I mean, they uh, they really want him to still exist. Is that, like, the thing is, if the orcs believe that the God Emperor is actually a god, it will make him a god. Because that's how their power of belief works. Orcs are potentially strong enough that they can change the fabric of reality. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I really like about the Warhammer universe. Everything else is just like... I, I know, like, I find the whole idea of the orcs' power of belief, like, so fascinating. Like, it is so much potential. Yeah. It's so cool. Also, just orc orcs are fun. <laughs> They're really fun. I saw somebody who is painting a bunch of their figures. They had, like, an army... Of orcs, but they were painting them uh, like all of their stuff is toys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all like really bright colors, and like all their guns are like super soakers and stuff. <laughs> and like all their vehicles are made out of Legos. It's really cool. I've liked it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so they're like fungi or vegetables. I mean, they could still be tasty. I don't know. I'll eat the crap, people. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, don't but also... I don't want to. I would rather be friends with the crab people than eat them. Me too. Also, also, I think I just like the taste of imitation crab more than I like the taste of real crab, so... Honestly, like in California rolls, I've had them with real crab and with the crab sticks, and I like the crab sticks better. Yeah, I think I like crab sticks, and I know everyone's just like, oh, they're fake. I don't care. I mean, they're soaked in real, like, crab juice. That's where they get their flavoring. Yeah. So whatever. I'm I think they taste I think they have a better texture as well. Alright. The genus is unique in its ability to traverse the heatless and airless interstellar void in full corporeal form. And some of its variants cannot do this without mechanical aid or curious surgical transpositions. Only a few species have the either resisting wings characteristic of the Vermont variety. Those inhabiting certain remote peaks in the Old World were brought in other ways. Their external resemblance to animal life, and to the sort of structure we understand as material, 
is a matter of parallel evolution rather than of close kinship. Their brain kept their brain kept ugh. Their brain capacity exceeds that of any other surviving life form. Although the winged although the winged types of our hill country are by no means the most highly developed. Telepathy is their usual means of discourse, though they have rudimentary vocal organs, which, after a slight operation for a surgery is an incredible expert in everyday thing among them, can roughly duplicate the stretch of certain types of organisms as still use speech. That's actually pretty fascinating, like, um... Because that happens in, like, actual evolution as well. There are some animals that are very close to each other that are actually not related at all. Like, for example, like, people like to call foxes, like, cat-like all the time. But that's because uh, there was a niche in the uh, ecosystem that foxes evolved in where there were no um, uh, feline carnivores. And so foxes filled that niche by becoming more feline-like. But they're actually more related to dogs and wolves, the canids. Yeah. They just evolved in a very feline way. Kind of like how uh, otters and whales actually share the same uh, ancestor, evolutionary-wise. Otters just stayed on land, and whales went into the sea. Yeah, otters were also just, they, they decided to have an easier life. <laughs> yeah, just, just hang out with your family, just sliding down some... Some fun mud banks. Yeah. Otters are also extremely intelligent. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't want to bring this up, but unfortunately, uh, river otters are also sea really rapey. Oh, sea otters sea are. Sea otters. No, river otters are fine. Sea otters are really rapey. Yeah. No, river otters. And river otters are the ones that are extremely intelligent as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they can actually strategize to take down uh, predators together, which is why they also hang out in such big family groups. And they also hold hands, which is real cute. I know. I love otters. Anyways. Their main immediate abode is their main immediate abode is a still undiscovered and almost lightless planet at the very edge of our solar system, beyond Neptune and the ninth in distance from the sun. It is, as we have inferred, the object mystically hinted at as you goth in certain ancient and forbidden writings. And it will soon be the scene of a strange focusing of thought upon our world in an effort to facilitate mental rapport. I would not be surprised if astronomers became sufficiently sensitive to these thought currents to discover Yagoth when the other outer ones wish them to do so. But Yagoth, of course, is only the stepping stone. The main body of the beings inhabiting... Did I read that right? Oh, main beings inhabit... Oh, it's like it got cut off. Inhabit. Oh, I see. That's a weird way to break up that word, but I get it. The main body of the beings inhabits strangely organized abysses wholly beyond the utmost reach of any human imagination. The space-time globule, which we recognize as the totality of all cosmic entity, is only an atom in the genuine infinity which is theirs. And as much of this infinity as any human brain can hold is eventually to be opened up to me, as it has been to mo not more than 50 other men since the human race has existed. Oh yeah, so as we mentioned, I think in the very first chapter in uh, Art's special edition, Yagoth is Pluto. Yeah. Um, that's what it used to be called. And it actually was discovered, I think, like, five, ten years after this was written. So, I mean, HP did some good, uh, um... Did some good research. Predicting. Yeah, predicting of things. Yeah. You will probably call this raving at first, Wilmarth. But in time, you will appreciate the titanic opportunity I have stumbled upon. I want you to share as much of it as is possible, and to that end, tell you thousands of things that won't go on paper. In the past, I have warned you not to come see me. Now that is all safe, I take pleasure in rescinding that warning and inviting you. Can't you make a trip up here before your college term opens? It would be marvelously delightful if you could. Bring along the phonograph record and all my letters as consultive data. We shall need them in piecing together the whole tremendous story. 
You might bring the Kodak prints too, since I seem to have mislaid the negatives in my own prints in this recent excitement. But what a wealth of facts I have to add to all this groping and tentative material, and what a stupendous device I have to supplement my additions. Don't hesitate. I am free from espionage now, and you will not meet anything unnatural or disturbing. Just come along and let my car meet you at the Battleboro station. Prepare to stay as long as you can and expect many an evening of discussion of things beyond all human conjecture. Don't tell anyone about it, of course, for this matter must not get to the promiscuous public. Um, I'm going to just be real honest. Uh, that's... It's just worded like a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Please, come out to my murder cabin. I won't murder you. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not doing anything weird over here. You should also bring all the evidence I've sent you, because, oopsies, I lost it. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the college kid, like, inviting uh, inviting a someone they like over to their dorm room of, yeah, we're just gonna watch movies. Yeah, that's it. Just some movies. Yeah, because... Don't you lie to me. I know what's happening. By the way, when I was a uh, wee summer child, at one point, I actually did that, where I was just like, hey, I would like to watch a movie with you, and maybe snuggle. And they had a completely opposite idea. I'm just like, I'm not mad at this, but also I really wanted to watch that movie. <laughs> See the real the real power move is if you get invited to that and you're like not into it, bring Land Before Time and put it on. <laughs> I feel like it's very hard to have sex while Land Before Time is on the TV. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I can. That sounds more like a challenge than anything. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll try anything once. I feel like I feel like I'd just be crying too hard when Littlefoot's mom dies. And that's very early in the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's it's why like you got twenty minutes in. <laughs> no, that, see, see, the thing is, is like you got to be like real good about your seduction. Like while you're watching the previews, uh, while the previews are on of movies that you've definitely already seen or has been out for twenty years, um, you'll y y you get you start doing the chill part of Netflix and cheer, like you know. I mean, I know that leaves no time for foreplay, but also you need to get in there before. That's oh god. Oh, no. <laughs> or or alternatively, the second the movie starts, I will start crying because I remember that Littlefoot's mom dies. Okay, sorry. Theoret <laughs> okay, no, this is not. I just, I just, she dies for him. Art, she dies for him. This isn't even a theory. I know someone <laughs> has had sex at the first oh, five minutes. Of, uh, of uh, someone oh, has had sex. One hundred percent. Somebody has had sex. And I don't know. I don't think I can. But no, somebody I can. Has. But someone has, and that baby is like ten right now. That baby is either named Carl or Ellie or Doug. <laughs> It'd be great. Oh my god. Okay. I like. Okay. I have to. Okay. I don't want to pass my genes on, but also I want to. I also want to, like, horrify a child that is of my genes, but, like, name them, <laughs> name them after, like, uh, like, a character or something, and be like, yeah, you're, you were conceived while this character was on the screen, so that's why. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's actually really funny. You know, it's... Yes, permanently scarring, but very funny. It's a good, it's a good joke, yeah. and that's what really matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. Oh, I'm, I'm all about the oh jokes, you know. From from what, like, from from my experience, you can either have a boring child or you can have a child with some spice. Oh, I was a child. I was just a feral, feral child. I see why people thought changelings existed at some point, because I literally never cut my hair, I never brushed it, and I just ran around barefoot all the time in my Princess Jasmine costume, eating bugs. It was a good time. I was barely able to function as a person until I was around six, because I was so scared of the world around me. Oh. Yeah, I know, it's like real great. It was real great. I, there's a reason oh. why I have a lot of anxiety. I guess it just manifested oh. early. 
Alright, oh, precious God. person. It's, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, it's terrible. No, until I was until I was like 19, I was scared of breathing other people's airs in because I thought it yes. would kill me if I did yeah. enough. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, you told us about that yeah. before. No, it's, That's just no, wild. I was a nervous wreck. I don't know how I got to like this point in my life. God, but you're here. Congrats. I'm here. One day I realized I've I can't. I, uh, no matter how hard I try, I, it's hard for me to get sick or die. So, you know? <laughs> Despite all odds. Despite all odds, I'm still here somehow. Somehow. Yeah. but I'm just, I'm still flabbergasted that this dude straight up was like, come to my murder cabin in the woods. No, like, it's okay. No, this guy is it's straight up. fine. Like, this guy is doing like... This, I mean, obviously, white people fall for it. Obviously, we watch horror movies. Oh, one hundred percent. Like this, all this the is. Time. But like this, first off, some white people nonsense. Um, <laughs> but second, like first off, like why are you talking to those crabs? I mean, I understand they're nice, but also like why are you talking to? They clearly killed one of your dogs, dude. Multiple dogs. Multiple actually. dogs. Like why are you still? Why are you trying to? Why are you still in Vermont, dude? Yeah, I like how he's like, oh, they would never purposely hurt a person. Like they actively like attacked your house. <laughs> like why didn't he move all of also, his shit to California with him, then mail him out then? Right. Like. This, this this is why white people get haunted. <laughs> this is why white people get cursed. <laughs> like, have some self-preservation. Although, to be fair, if you're white, you probably don't have self-preservation because the world's made for you. But Oh, yep. Yeah. You are entitled to safety and comfort. <laughs> also, getting into the, some stuff that you shouldn't be getting into. Yeah. <sighs> The train service to Battleboro is not bad. You can get a timetable in Boston, take the B&M to Greenfield, then change for a brief remainder of the way. I suggest you're taking the convenient 4.10 p.m. standard from Boston. This gets to Greenfield at 7.35, and at 9.19, a train leaves there which reaches Battleboro at 10.01. That is weekdays. Let me know the date, and I'll have my car on hand at the station. Pardon this typed letter, but my handwriting has grown shaky as of late, as you know, and I don't feel equal to long stretches of script. I got this new corona in Battleboro yesterday, and it seems to work very well. Awaiting word and hoping to see you shortly with the photograph record in all my letters and the Kodak prints. I am yours in anticipation, Henry W. Akeley. To Albert N. Wilmarth, Esquire, Miskatonic University, Arkham, Massachusetts. Yeah, I I like how he's like, you should arrive at exactly this time in exactly this place and get in this car and then come to my house in the woods. And the fact that Wilmer is his name Wilmer, I always forget his name. Wilmer. Wilmarth is the Wilmarth. narrator, Akeley is the yeah, Wilmarth. uh yeah. yeah, Wilmarth is just like, wow, this is reassuring. No, it isn't. What are you talking about? That read no. all read menacingly. This is this has so many red flags. <laughs> all of this is bad. Like this. <laughs> also, like, oh, please ignore the fact that my handwriting looks weird. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely nothing wrong going on that this is typed after I, even when I was scared shitless wrote out an entire letter that was very long. This is a perfectly normal letter. You should show up at exactly this time in this place with all of the evidence of these creatures' existence. Don't ask questions, it's fine. Also, bring this letter with you. Oh, God. Christ. <sighs> God, this is why white people get by haunted houses and die in them. I'm not gonna lie, I, I have walked into a house I thought I was gonna get murdered in once. Um, I mean, my family was with me, so I wouldn't have died alone. <laughs> yeah, you would have died alone. All of you would have been murdered as a family. <laughs> we all would have been, which is all, which is what really matters. Yeah. No, we went, um, we went to go buy fireworks in Pennsylvania, um, and bring them back to Rhode Island where we were actually staying. This was on the same East Coast trip I was talking about. And the address we were given is like a cinder block house with no windows. Well, there are windows, but they're blacked out, like right off of the highway and like a like a field. 
And we walk in and there are two doors you have to go through. You also have to turn over your ID when you come in <laughs> through the first door. Uh, and then you walk in and actually it was very legit and nicely lit. Uh, it's because in Pennsylvania, why we had to turn over our IDs is Pennsylvania has a weird, weird law where if you are from Pennsylvania, you cannot buy fireworks in Pennsylvania. But if you are from any other state from, but Pennsylvania, you can buy fireworks in Pennsylvania. It's fine. <laughs> you just can't be a resident of Pennsylvania. <laughs> So but yeah, that was fun walking into a murder house. So houses like that, like, two things are going to happen. You either, well, three: either you're going to get some drugs, you're going to get killed, or you're about to have like some real bomb ass barbecue from like this like weird, right? weird like hole in the wall. Like definitely shouldn't, definitely not have a license to be serving food. Oh yeah, like the the health department has never been they they don't know it. The exists. best ice cream I've ever had was from a place that was serving outside of uh, out of the back of a tobacco shop. <laughs> <laughs> like best ice I'm cream ever. I'm not going to lie. I I I bet 100%. Yeah. But yeah, no, we went inside. We got through the second door. They gave us back our IDs, and it was a nicely lit, very well-kept facility, actually. <laughs> and after, I've heard some horror stories about what happens in places where they make or store fireworks and something, like, gets lit. Uh, so I understand why the windows are blacked out. Well, that's also Just, why they don't let... That's also why they don't let uh, them play my, my mixed trap <laughs> mixed tra tape in there. It gets too uh, lit. As soon as you play my mixtape, it just all goes to hell. Because, you know, it it's so goes, lit. Everybody gets lit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Liquor is so cheap in Pennsylvania. <laughs> It's it's just it's yeah. Uh, and then next thing you know, uh an entire city block is leveled. <laughs> all because we had to play your mixtape art. Why? <laughs> bring bring back to a dark point because we're about to get back into it. Remember when uh oh. police just bombed uh, a, a black co-op because oh, a bunch yeah. of uh white people thought it was yep. uh they firebombed it. Remember when that was a thing? Yep. An entire block of residential houses just, just fire firebombed it. Because there's some I black people that. living in a house. It was you know? Yep. Oh yeah, because there were too many black people in one place. Speaking problem, of someone who'd apparently. probably maybe be okay with that, HP. Uh, <laughs> 100% he would. See, I don't know, I think he's turning at this point. Definitely when, like, he wrote The the Street. Yeah, yeah when he wrote and The Street, when he was horror, younger. Probably. Horror at Wet Red Hook and when he wrote The Street. He's <laughs> like, when did he die? He died at, like, 37, 1937, right? No, uh, yeah. Okay. He's starting to turn a little bit at this point. Mm -hmm. He would have had his uh, friends who were like, yo, dude, chill. <laughs> Stop being such a fucking fascist. Yeah. Yep, 1937 is when he died. The complexity of my emotions upon reading, rereading, and pondering over this strange and unlooked-for letter is past adequate description. I have said that I was at once relieved and made uneasy. But this expresses only crudely the overtone of diverse and largely subconscious feelings, which, which comprise both the relief and the uneasiness. To begin with, the thing was so antipodally at variance with the whole chain of horror preceding it. The change of mood was so unheralded, lightning-like, and complete. I could scarcely believe that a single day could so alter the psychological perspective of one who had written that final frenzied bulletin of Wednesday, no matter the relieving disclosure that day may have brought. At certain moments, a sense of conflicting unrealities made me wonder whether this whole distantly reported drama of fantastic forces was not a kind of halfway illusionary dream created largely within my own mind. Then I thought of the phonograph record and gave way to still greater bewilderment. Um, I just want to say, I know they didn't really know much about bipolar people at that time. But yeah, that could happen <laughs> in one day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep. 
very quickly go from a manic episode to a depressive episode. You can very, you can very go, you can very much go to like wild terror to like, you know, <laughs> like real quick. Yeah, definitely. So, and sometimes then you stay like that. Yeah, the letter seems so unlike anything which could have been expected. As I analyzed my impression, I saw that it consisted of two distinct phases. First, granting that Akeley had been sane before, and was still sane. It indicated a change in the situation itself, so swift and unthinkable. And secondly, the change in Akeley's own manner, attitude, and language was so vastly beyond the normal or the predictable. The man's whole personality seemed to have undergone an insidious mutation. A mutation so deep that one could scarcely reconcile his two aspects with the supposition that both represented equal sanity. Word choice, spelling, all were subtly different, and with my academic sensitiveness to prose styles, I could trace two profound divergences in his commonest reactions and rhythm responses. Certainly, the emotional cataclysm or revelation which could have produced so radical an overturn must be an extreme indeed. Yet, Another way, the letter seems quite characteristics of Akeley. The other old passion for infinity, the same old scholarly inquisitiveness. I could at not a moment, or more than a moment, credit the idea of spuriousness or malign supposition. Did not the invitation, the willingness to have me test the truth of the letter in person, prove its genuineness? This again! This is why so many white people get murdered by serial killers. Uh, right? This is That and, like, people in the 60s and 70s used to just, like, open their door whenever somebody knocked on it. Psychopaths. Don't do that. Like, this is... No, the invitation was sketch as hell, dude. Yeah! Like, not real see sus. any red flags. Yeah. <laughs> Like that right after being like, yeah, they're so nice. They just wanna, they just wanna meet you. They wanna meet you. Yeah, isn't that funny? They, they just, wanna meet you. Oh my gosh, is that great? Man, this is the beginning of Get Out. Oh gosh, he also told him not to tell anybody that he was coming. <laughs> I just remember. That. Like two, one of two things: he's either gonna murder him or induct him into a cult. One of those. <sighs> One sounds way more fun than the other. Not gonna lie. I know. I would. <laughs> I would love to be murdered in the middle of the woods. <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> yeah, a cult is a big commitment. <laughs> I know. It's just... you have to like do it for like twenty years, and then like at the end you might die. Yeah. <laughs> like the good times are great, but like when they get bad, though, they're real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I guess either way, you could end up murdered. <laughs> One just takes longer than the other. And depending depending on the persuasion of the person inducting you, you may or may not have a lot of mediocre sex with someone who thinks they're Jesus. <laughs> just because you wear sandals doesn't mean you're Jesus, Chad. I did not retire Sunday night, but set up thinking about the shadows and marvels behind the letter I received, my mind aching from the quick succession of monstrous conceptions it had been forced to confront during the last four months, worked upon this startling new material in the cycle of doubt and acceptance, which repeated most of the steps experienced in facing the earlier wonders, until before dawn a burning interest and curiosity, had begun replacing the original storm of perplexity and uneasiness. Mad or sane, metamorphosed or merely relieved, the chance were that Akeley had actually encountered some stupendous change of perspective in his hazardous research, some change at once diminishing his danger, real or fancied, in opening dizzy new vistas of cosmic and superhuman knowledge. My own zeal the unknown flared up to meet his, and I felt myself touched by the contagion of the morbid barrier-breaking, to shake off the maddening and weary 
limitations of time and space and natural law, to be linked with the vast outside, to come close with the nighted and abysmal secrets of the infinite and the ultimate. Surely a thing was worth the risk of one own life, soul, and sanity. And Akeley had said there was no longer any peril. He had invited me to visit him instead of warning me away as before. I tingled at the thought of what he might now have to tell me. There was almost a paralyzing fascination in the thought of sitting in that lonely and lately beleaguered farmhouse with a man who had talked with actual emissaries from outer space, sitting there with the terrible record and the pile of letters in which Akeley had summoned, in which Akeley had summarized his earlier conclusions. This is how people get into QAnon. Ta- he, he tingled, Art. No, no. Tingled. No, I'm not getting into that part. At the it, thought. No, gay. No, again, gay. But, but <laughs> whatever. I'm skipping over gay. that part. This is no, how people this get, is how people this is how people get, get into QAnon. QAnon. They're just like, this is how you get recruited into a cult. Like, like, what if, like, what if they're not crazy? What if they, what if they're, what if they're saying it's true? Which again, curiosity is not bad. Again, like the whole phrase of curiosity killed the cat and satisfaction brought him back. You, you, people leave off the pack. Fly. You know, cool. Yeah. The, you know, the last part. Last part, last part people leave out all the time. So curiosity isn't naturally bad. But I'm just saying this is bad. This is bad, dude. This is bad. Well, is it, is it bad? Is he, bad? He comes out alive and he does meet an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is yeah. it bad? He, he sure does. I mean. Um. <laughs> I feel like psychologically afterwards, though, he's not in a great place. I mean, who who is? Also, like, what happens to Akeley? Not super And those great. dogs. All the dogs. But, I mean, but he's doing fine nowadays. He's, look at all that. Look, you remember that whole long letter. He, That's he great. sure is. I can't remember a sure, long letter. He sure is alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, like, I, I am, I've said this. I would probably end up joining a cult with like very little love bombing. And I uh, yeah. Uh so I get that. I need a psychman in my life and also I need a bunch of people <laughs> who may be paid into my friend uh, to be a friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier when you're just when you're being paid or someone is paying you to be close to people. Yeah, that's true. It's real hard to get friends after you're not in school. Yeah, being an adult yeah. makes it hard. Yeah. And when you do have friends you can never see them. <sighs> Unless no, you're all, like, white-collar people and you just have, like, a 9-to-5 job. Yeah, like, like with the pandemic. Before the pandemic, I could see my friends on a regular basis. Well, no, even then, <laughs> sometimes it was questionable. So late Sunday morning, I telegraphed Akeley that I would meet him at Battleboro the following Wednesday, September 12th. And if that date was convenient towards him, in only one respect, did I depart. From his suggestion, and that concerned the choice of a train. Frankly, I did not feel like arriving at that haunted Vermont region late at night. So instead of accepting the train he chose, I telephoned the station and devised another arrangement by rising early and talking and taking the 8:07 a.m. standard to Boston, so I could catch the 9:25 to Greenville, and arriving there at 12:22 noon. This connected exactly with a train reaching Brattleboro at 1:08 p.m. Much more comfortable than the hour of than the hour of 10:01 for meeting Akeley, riding with him into that close-packed, secret-guarding hills. I mentioned this choice in my telegram and was glad to learn in the reply, which came towards evening, that it had met with my perspective. Post endorsement. His wire ran thus. Arrangement satisfactory. We'll meet at 108 train Wednesday. Don't forget record and letters and prints. Keep destination quiet. Expect great revelations. Akeley. Yeah, it's also not suspicious at all. P.S. I'm not gonna murder you. Maybe leave a note <laughs> saying that you're just taking a vacation. You know, to like California or something. <laughs> Uh, P.S. Leave a note saying that you're going on a boat somewhere. <laughs> like, also bring your cat with you just so people don't maybe think that you're going to be gone for a while. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Because first off, I want to meet your cat. But P.S. also, I'm not going to murder you. Yeah. Tell your friends and family you're taking a boat with your cat out into the sea. (laughs) And leave nothing else behind. (laughs) Receipt of this message in direct response to the one sent to Akeley. And necessarily delivered to his house from Townshend Station. Either by official messenger or by the restored telephone service. Removed any lingering subconscious doubts. I must have had about the authorship of the perplexing letter. My relief was marked. Indeed, it was greater than I could account for at the time, since all of the doubts had been deeply buried. But I slept sound and long that night, and was eagerly busy with preparations during the ensuing two days. I just want to say, he must be wearing, like, glasses with, like, red lenses, because, like, he just sees a whole flag, just a whole field of flags. And not that they're red flags or anything, just flags. He just thinks people are real happy. Yeah! We're proud. Yeah, definitely some rose-colored glasses there. Oh, boy. Because, like, that whole thing was just, like, how to set up a murder. (laughs) You should definitely come to my murder house where I definitely won't murder you in the woods at this specific time. You're s- also, with all all the correspondence between us so that nobody knows that we've spoken. <laughs> also, you definitely won't get your stomach ate, uh, torn open and eaten for morsels, little morsels from a stomach belly. Like, it's a little, sorry, stomach mouth. Like, a little stomach mouth won't, like, just, like, be chomping up your stuff. Yeah. Definitely nothing weird like that. Just a normal time with normal stomachs. You're not hearing wings flap uh, behind you at all. At all times. (laughs) At all times, yeah. You know, just quiet. Just quietly somewhere you just hear bat wings flapping. But they're real large wings for some reason. Also, you're sure you don't have bats that large, but don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) Vermont has some real big bats. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Huge, gigantic. You definitely don't hear <laughs> like every once in a while. <laughs> the crabby noise you do it so well it gets me every time. <laughs> well, Okay, well, let's yep. let's end this. All right, that was a good one. Stuff is picking up. Our narrator is so stupid. Well, okay, he's telling it after the fact, so, like, he knows that he was wrong. He's just downplaying yeah. it a little too much. Yeah, and also, like, do we know how old he is? He has to be in his 30s, at least. Yeah, that is true, actually. He like, probably at is in least, because, like, what, he was a professor like, in the Mesotonic University? Oh, that's right, he's a professor. Yeah, he's a professor. Oh my gosh, I, like, I mean, you don't have to be, like, like, I feel like he was, and he's, like, respected enough that, like, his side hobbies get people are, like, okay with yeah. talking to him about. So, like, it's not like Dexter Ward, who was like fucking 16 when shit went down. Yeah. And then was like subsequently groomed into doing everything. Yeah. Um, like, he- like, you're a whole ass 30 years old dude. See the red flags. I mean, maybe he's blinded. Be like, oh, maybe I get to meet my pen pal and his dogs. He's doing the, he's, I mean, he's doing the thing that lesbians do where they date someone from across the country and then they, they move in with them as soon as they yes. can. Yes. Which, by the way, I'm yes. not. I'm not besmirching. I would do that in a second. Um, but you know, he's definitely mm-hmm. you all as being this. <laughs> you all as being this. One hundred percent, though. He is. A, this man is a you all lesbian. Whatever the equivalent of that is for gay man. Yeah. Which I don't. Yeah. Uh. But but yeah. Let's 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 end this. Um, okay. You are the irreplaceable gash in the fabric of reality. Your keening cal is like no other. And if it faded from the abyss, the void that would remain would be unfillable, and the mansions of silence would forever fill with our lament. Bye. Okay. Bye.